Are you ready, kids? Aye, 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 aye Captain. Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. I said aye, aye, Captain. God damn it. <laughs> okay, well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Duel of the Takes. As you can tell by our glorious intro today, we are doing... The glasses and the lighting. I can't, I can't take this. Nate looks like that one guy who animates stuff on YouTube, like stop motion. It's hyper realistic. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Nate kind of look. Nate kind of looks like gay Tim Burton. You think Tim Burton's straight? Yeah, that's true. Gayer Tim Burton. Today we are doing top ten SpongeBob episodes, and we've got quite the eclectic panel joining us today. Our special guest, our guest of honor, you know him from So Far So Good, a veteran of Duel of the Takes. It is Nicholas Rohrman. How's it going, man? Hello, everybody. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I think we're great. Nearly headless. How could you be nearly headless? Oh, core pages. Who remembers those? <laughs> Not me. We also are joined by another special guest, Nick. We've got Nicholas Alexander from the Scary Box. Say hello, Nick. Hello, hello. As SpongeBob would say, I am ready. I am ready. I'm ready. Or as Patrick would say in the SpongeBob film, I am ready to party till I'm purple. Let's rock, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, great intros here, great intros here. We also have the uh, the regular dual boys, you know them. Josh Kubis, Alden Mason, and John Sakula joining us for the panel of curating the top 10 SpongeBob SquarePants episodes. Now, because this is such a lofty subject matter and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, uh, everyone's going to just be reading their lists and explaining their spots until everyone gets through their top tens and then it's an all-out duel for the group list and trying to secure the definitive top 10 episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. We are just doing uh, the half of a half hour segment block. So that's an 11 minute episode of SpongeBob. However, if you have specials on your list, those count. Specials count, movies don't. You got that, Alden? You cannot have SpongeBob SquarePants the movie as your number one. That's cheating. Okay. What about Battle for Bikini Bottom on the PS2? <laughs> video games? That's another topic. We could do an entire top 10 SpongeBob video <laughs> games. That's for season seven of Duel of the Takes when we're completely out of ideas. <laughs> Yeah, apparently we're not quitting till we get to episode uh, 500. Uh, we need... This is news. Quintuple syndication in order to to be happy with ourselves. Anyway. Maybe we'll be on G4. That's the goal. That's the, that's the end goal. <laughs> Alden. Yeah. You're up first. What is the 10th best episode of SpongeBob SquarePants ever? I'm gonna have to say it's a musical episode. It's best day ever. Number 10? I had a hard time with this, Josh, but yeah, I think it's number 10. That was interesting. I didn't expect anybody to pick that one. One, it's underrated. It only airs once a year. I think it's a good feel-good episode. It is a great feel-good episode. You, uh, Guitar Hero men over there, us rock band <laughs> members, got the best day ever on Rock Band 2, I believe. You're lying. No. Did not know that. Why did I play Guitar Hero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I didn't know that. When I made my short list of all my things, uh, best day ever was definitely in my top 86, so. <laughs> <laughs> I that's a very short list. Yeah. All right. 
Well, we're moving on to you now, Nicholas Rohrman. What is your number 10? Yeah, when, when I made my list, I, I was like, I'm just going to write down everything that's in the top tier and decide what's what's there. And I came up with 86. So then I had to narrow it down again. And I went to 25. And I was like, okay, now now I just need to rank these 25, I guess. And, and that'll give me my top 10. But my number 10 is the season one episode SB 129. Uh, uh. Hmm. That is when uh, Squidward goes to the future. <laughs> the future? That's a wild episode to be in season one. Yes. I have a, I have a theory. I have like a question I want to get to ask you guys. So do you guys remember the uh, the special uh, of um, uh, Spongebob 10,000 BC? Hey, hey. This isn't the Scary Box podcast. Get your conspiracy out of here. Ever since I saw like the 10,000 BC, I always thought of SB 129 because I was like, did they just make this whole episode or special around this one section of this episode in season one? 100%. I'm pretty sure you're talking about the season three episode, UG. Yeah, that's what I want to ask. Is UG just the caveman translation of whatever the actual episode title is? Or did they just settle on UG? for the title it's a good question yes that's just a theory a spongebob theory thanks for watching (laughs) (laughs) matt pat creates a whole channel all about spongebob it's just spongebob and freddy fazbear pizza bear fucking theories we've got the first two uh top 10 spots placed kubis what is yours uh my number 10 is band geeks whoa whoa listen Spongebob's got a lot of great episodes. I think this is a great episode. It's in the top 10. I think all of these are S-tier episodes, at least in my opinion, in the top 10. I don't. Yeah, I'm not knocking this at all. The only issue I have with it is why it's my 10 slot is once you've already watched the episode, you're kind of just waiting for the ending when you rewatch it. You're not really caring about the first, like, five minutes. No, dude. No way. No. I'm with Josh on this one. It's like watching Captain America's Civil War. You're watching it for the airport fight. I don't watch that movie. Yeah. If I wanted to watch it for the airport fight, then I would just go on YouTube. Exactly. So you're watching Bang Geeks for the for the performance at the end. No, because I would just go on YouTube. Yeah, Sweet Victory's got like a billion views on YouTube. It's the end of the episode. Yeah, but I watched the full thing. I'm literally wearing Patrick's sunglasses during the drum solo. <laughs> literally, that shows how good the episode is. Like, literally, Nate's dressed as Patrick. Yeah, you're still talking about the end of the episode, but any... but. It's still a great episode. Yes, but you can't forget the buildup. It's still great buildup. Okay, okay, I'm the wrestling fan. I know all about buildup, Alden. Don't try to school me on that. Yeah, did you even sign the change.org petition to have it played at the Super Bowl? I bet you didn't. (laughs) Is Kubis an instrument? I would also like to point out that this episode was released four days before (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. And in the episode, the flag twirlers. Oh, yeah, they crash and explode. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. But hey, that's just a theory, (laughs) a SpongeBob theory. Nicholas Alexander, what is the 10th best episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, according to you? When originally making this, uh, I, I, I thought it was going to be like the veto thing, and I originally just planned out for that, but then we changed it. Out, and I like kind of this way, because I think it gives a lot more freedom, a lot more interesting when it comes to the top 10s and stuff and seeing our perspectives. And like well, the way I was trying to approach it was more of in the sense of like, if someone never watched SpongeBob before, what would be like the 10 episodes I would want to show them? Not only that, but in a sense where 
each episode it expounds on like uh like the lore and like uh and knowledge and stuff of before so like you know uh adding more characters and stuff like that to where it's like you could over time they would get to be accustomed to the different characters and stuff like that interacting with each other as well as the one thing i was trying to do the one thing I did for myself in this one was I kept it to five Krusty Krab episodes specifically. And, uh, but the, my number 10, it was a hard one. It was between the first episode ever just to give, like if someone ever saw it like context or training video. But if I had to pick between the two, I will pick training video. I agree. I think I agree there. I mean, I love Help Wanted or whatever, but training video is great. Yeah. Training video feels like a Tim and Eric sketch, but it's an episode of SpongeBob. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. Help Wanted is, like, a little too mean-spirited for me. Like, I don't know why <laughs> Mr. Krabs, of all people, is also trying to get SpongeBob to not be his employee. <laughs> like, you think he would take free labor if he can get it. The training video shaped my personality. How much is SpongeBob getting paid? Like, a dime a day or something? Another day, another nickel. <laughs> or nickel. Sakula, what is your number 10 spon SpongeBob episode? I'm going with Nicholas. I I also put SB129. I think that it is uh, such a hey. such a, a strange episode, <laughs> especially like he said for season one. And it's got like so much weird high concept nonsense. And then when he finally goes into like the flat liminal space, it's like so like if you just if you if you had just tuned into the channel and you're you're just like watching that part, you're immediately like, what in the fuck am I actually watching? Like what's going I'm astonished on? it's an episode. A season one episode is astonished. Very bold. You have no idea what's going on still. And I love it for that. Fantastic selection. So we've got two of the same ones in the number 10 spot at SB129, but we are moving on to Alden's number nine, the ninth best episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, according to Alden Mason of Alden Mason News. <laughs> <laughs> I need to preface this with how many of you still watch the show? in 2009 yes i did yes i did are you gonna put something from like season season six nick alexander has watched this show every episode on its day of release this episode is the best one post season four it's spongebob squarepants versus the big one starring johnny depp mm. whoa yes that's the surf episode that's the surf special that's a good one i forgot about that one yeah Johnny Depp as Jack Kahuna Laguna. Oh, I have not seen this. Yeah, because that's the one in that one. Uh, Sandy Cheeks rescues SpongeBob on the island, doesn't she? Yep. And she's just building like a helicopter out of nothing. Yeah, she built a helicopter. <laughs> Dude. Oh my God. I feel like I did watch this, but I don't remember a thing about it. I definitely had like, I'd seen stuff postseason. When, when writing this list, this is why I totally forgot about. <laughs> SpongeBob versus Johnny Depp. The tr the trial of a century. I actually feel like a lot of the newest SpongeBob stuff isn't half bad. Like I feel like there's a really big lull. I've seen a some of it. It's okay. Yeah. I felt like they at least were trying something. You know, like it, it felt like they were back to the the roots of just doing whatever they wanted and not being as formula, which is nice. Yeah, I think they might have been given a little more freedom with the base show SpongeBob since they have way too many spinoffs now. I also feel like it was after the second SpongeBob movie when uh, Hillenburg came back for a short amount of time before he passed away that it felt like the show was going back to the way it used to be and stopped being as like they 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 all the characters got flandernized you know so it felt like they were becoming their own thing again 
Yeah. If I were to talk like drop off in quality, I don't think SpongeBob went as low as like The Simpsons has, for example. No, I do not think that. Totally. There's a lot of like like mid episodes or just like Squidward getting tortured episodes that are like just like, well, this is awful. (laughs) None of them are like as bad as like season 27 of The Simpsons. I don't know. The tax evasion episode of SpongeBob is a bit weird tax evasion mm-hmm. also the cat holding his breath the only thing i've noticed is spongebob just keeps getting grosser that's the only thing i've noticed especially via twitter because i don't watch it nowadays every time i see a new thing like a spongebob trending or something it's always because it's just fucking gross like i remember the one that was trending where it was like they were like drinking like squid ink from squidward and everybody was getting like fucking people were getting like high off of it and like they would drink it and they would have like a seizure and they'd be like that episode of spongebob (laughs) (laughs) it was fucking gross they would like scare the shit out of squidward and then he would ink into a bottle and then they would sell it like at a lemonade stand and people would drink it and then they would have like a seizure and then they'd be like that's delicious it sounds like the nightmare episode of like the jelly fishing one where where they like Mr. Krabs this harnesses all the jelly from the jellyfish but just from Squidward <laughs> no it's literally ink well before i ink let's hear nicholas Rorman's number 9 episode of spongebob squarepants alrighty my number 9 episode is another season 1 episode jellyfish jam hell yeah dude stadium rave is such a good song i listen to it unironically as part of my daily playlist it is such a good song it's always weird because i forget that that song originates from this episode (laughs) right it's such a like pop culture staple you hear it almost anytime you go to a sporting event but it comes from a season one episode of spongebob like full send i also i think that one of the reasons this episode has a a nice top 10 place in my heart is I had it on a little Game Boy Advanced cartridge that I would like play on repeat. Yeah, before there were iPad kids, there were Game Boy Advance <laughs> kids with two games in the pouch and one episode of SpongeBob. Hey, I had a Cartoon Network one as well that had like a Kids Next Door game or episode on it. Ooh. So I was really rolling in the dough then. Big money Rorman here. <laughs> All right, Cubis, what's the ninth best episode of SpongeBob to you? So this one might also be too low for the rest of the panel. I have club spongebob here wait is that the uh, was it um magic conch shell yes honestly i'm good with that at this spot i didn't have it in my top 10 i think it's all right i almost did because it's it's a classic for me i just thought that maybe some of these other ones are more it's my probably my my favorite annoyed squidward episode it is my favorite of that formula i feel like it gave the formula like a nice three-act structure throughout those 11 minutes i enjoy a good survival episode as well my favorite part of that episode is just when like was it a cutaway gag but it's how they get the food and like squidward's like what food's not just gonna fall out of the sky cut to like the fish dude we're literally falling right out of the sky (laughs) the food in that uh episode looks delicious oh it does yeah all right nicholas alexander what's the ninth best episode of spongebob according to you uh shanghai because i uh, i love that first appearance of the flying dutchman uh was it he literally puts was it squidward through like the uh doesn't he literally like loki no no uh, doctor strange him and have him just fall for 30 minutes in like the ultimate dimension so yeah like that oh that is a good episode they have to escape through the perfume department yes i'm gonna go shanghai good 
That's correct. Uh, that's Patchy the Pirate's favorite episode. He says it right at the very beginning in the intro. Yeah. I would also like to say that is technically not the first appearance of the Flying Dutchman. Oh, it's not? Oh, I thought it was. The Flying Dutchman is in the first uh, season's Halloween episode where uh, SpongeBob shaves his head to look like a ghost. I thought that was after. I literally thought that was after. Shanghai to season two. Yeah. All right. Shanghai to great choice. It was on my list. That is uh, void because we've got a full panel. But speaking of full panel, John Sakula, the ninth best episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay, uh, my number nine episode. I have. Have you seen this snail? Oh, that's the one where Gary runs away. Is that where the one where the crazy grandma lady like kidnaps him? Have you seen the snail? Is season four. That's when Gary's missing, and the Gary Come Home song is in it. The one with the Gary Come Home song. I remember being a kid sitting in front of the TV. I remember the promos being like, "Gary's gonna go missing. You guys better check in for this episode." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. The iconic. That was iconic. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there watching the premiere of this episode and the Gary Come Home song is playing and I'm literally like, I don't even remember when this came out. I was probably like 11 or something ridiculous, like too old to be. Did it get you I was feels? crying at SpongeBob. This had me crying in the, this had me crying in the club. Heck yeah. Has anyone else cried to an episode of SpongeBob? And if so, is it higher up on your list? Yes and no. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It is not on my list. I used to cry during Sandy, SpongeBob, and the Worm. <laughs> Wait, what? No, not that episode. No, 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 no. Um, the one with Wormy. Oh, Wormy. Okay. I don't know why I can't think of which one that is. Um, but my dad, at the time when I was a kid, we were like best friends, and the song was about like friends. And he was, uh, he had to work like on weekends and stuff. And if the song would come on, I'd call him and cry. Oh. I'd be like, I miss you, Dad. And then I was also scared of butterflies, so. <laughs> Not only did that episode strengthen your bond with your dad, it made you afraid of butterflies. There's pros and cons. <laughs> it's a traumatic episode, for sure. That's why it's not in my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hopefully things will get a little less sentimental here. As we're moving into number eight, Alden, what is your eighth favorite episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? There's a good chance that people have this higher on their lists, but... My eight is Chocolate with Nuts. It's a good episode. It's a great episode. I just don't know if as it's got great elements. There's a few jokes in there that are absolutely hilarious. But as a whole episode, I don't know if it's as strong as some of them. Yeah, I don't even have it on my list, but it's good. I have it on mine. It's a little bit higher. I think it's one of the most quotable episodes. It made my list just because of how often it's referenced in day to day life. Is that one season three? Yeah, I think it's season three, episode eight yeah i don't have chocolate nuts on my list and i also don't have band geeks on my list interesting that is a crime you're a bad person <laughs> it's my number 11 band geek hold on i gotta go get some chocolate with nuts let me be right back wow way to flex on people with nut allergies <laughs> <laughs> november's always tough for me because i'm not allowed to eat chocolate with nuts it's just straight up milk chocolate for me <laughs> all right nicholas Rorman, eighth best episode of spongebob take it away my number eight is the season three episode wet painters hmm. we have technology 
I feel like that one was on a lot whenever I happen to be like catching it on TV. But it's it is the best example of a bottle episode in all of SpongeBob's canon. I think they're in the house, and it's funny because cartoons don't need bottle episodes. Like it's not saving anything. But just SpongeBob and Patrick being stuck in a room together. There's almost like two distinct episodes within that one. Like there's the whole painting and bubble section of the episode and then once it's on the dollar trying to figure out how to fix it and keep Mr. Krabs from seeing it it is a uh, it feels a lot longer than 11 minutes but it's all worth it the whole time through I love that one that's one thing I love about Spongebob it stretches out time 11 minutes always feels longer I just went to check Nick's uh schedule to see what they're airing like what episodes of Spongebob they're showing now today i have found out that right now shrek 2 is airing <laughs> and then immediately after is the bet awards <laughs> what a what a great what a great double feature <laughs> and then it's just there's not a single spongebob episode showing in the next two days well we got the bet awards alden yes you're right but it ain't no spongebob though easy there nick <laughs> yeah you have the patrick star show i guess uh josh what is your opinion on uh little nas x not being nominated for any bet awards honestly um very disappointing uh the homophobia in the rap community needs to stop all right cool and what is your eighth favorite episode of spongebob uh pizza delivery hot take hot take hot take whoa that is a huge hot take hot is that pizza on the delivery dog i think quite like the chocolate episode is a very quotable episode i have a lot of fun with it but there's just more episodes i like more i don't really have any other knock against it i just think the next seven are awesome so what you're telling me is you love spongebob and you don't know why yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) i truly don't think that any episode being anywhere on the top 10 is too low for me like i think that like you could put my number one episode at number 10. I'd be like, that's fair. I, I have no problems with you putting pizza delivery down there, Josh. You are valid and you are loved. <laughs> I'm glad someone finally told Josh that. <laughs> Even though I wish it was higher, I will appreciate that it is in the top 10. Thank you, Josh, for at least giving it some attention for the top 10. I just want you to know that was the kindest thing anybody on this entire panel has ever said to Josh. <laughs> both on the both on and off the podcast. A little bit of bile was coming back up the throat when I said it, but I choked it down. I choked <laughs> it down. <laughs> Thank you for jumping on that grenade for us. Um, anyway, speaking of jumping on grenades, Nicholas Alexander, uh, what is your eighth favorite episode of spongebob squarepants number eight for this one uh it's uh, just one bite it's the episode where squidward has a krabby patty for the very first time i always love this episode and like for me and also i think it's a cool like it's a cool episode where it has good humor good heart like hey always try something new maybe you'll like it i always thought that was kind of like a cool lesson for the episode but other than that i always just love like the memes that come like the spongebob like is this high up fit weird face and, and then just 
Squidward being hypnotized, tripping out to every single Krabby Patty after he bites one. It's just, I think, you know, all of us in a sense, I think, can relate to this kind of, you know, to Squidward to, you know, some extent in the sense of like, we all have had like this one thing that we thought we'd hate for so long, but the second we have it, it's just like, bro, never mind. What was I freaking thinking? <laughs> Josh can't relate to that feeling at all. <laughs> Point. I don't think it was cool of SpongeBob to force Squidward to come out. It also, yes, it, yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Worman is currently doing a quest to try all the Mountain Dew flavors over on my favorite series on YouTube right now. It's it's good stuff on the So Far So Good YouTube channel. Has there been an, epi- an episode that you've recorded, whether or not released yet, where you were like actually scared to try the flavor? And did you end up liking it? Oh, um, yeah, we actually, we recorded a bunch of stuff like half a year ago when we were coming up with the idea and we're going to be splicing them into upcoming episodes because um, there's a lot of limited edition flavors. Last year's Christmas flavor uh, was Mountain Dew Gingerbread Snapped. Oh, yeah. I wasn't scared to try it, but I should have been. <laughs> <laughs> It tasted like I went into my grandma's bathroom and just started eating the potpourri on the back of her toilet. (laughs) It was horrific. Okay, that answers my question. I'm glad you didn't like it too much. Started buying the limited edition flavors on the r slash Mountain Dew subreddit (laughs) for fucking nine times the shelf value. Like uh, another person who has guested on the show whose bachelor party I was just at. (laughs) What's his what's his other name? Pringles? No, he's got a crazy Mountain Dew collection. That's a no, no, no. What's his alternate ego ego name? Oh, PG Skizzies. I said Pringles. <laughs> John Sakula, what is the eighth best episode of SpongeBob according to you? Um, I feel like nobody's gonna have any of this on. I have this one anywhere on their list. I- I've got Karate Island here. Hey, that's nice. I honestly forgot about that one. That's in my eighty-six. I always love the ending to that one the most. The, the whole episode was all right, but I love the ending where like Squidward shows up. He's like, finally here on Clarinet Island. And you see like the villains like like gritty, just like it's all going to happen again. Like the adventure for now with Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I love it because it's like, first of all, I remember all of the villains very distinctly. And like he has to like. It's a, it's a pretty good uh, Sandy episode where she literally has to save SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. And she's wearing the Uma Thurman jumpsuit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Enter the Dragon, depending on where you want to reference. That's the only villain I really remember. The Like, the lady with the big lips, she just wins. He, she, uh, Sandy wins by blow-drying them dry or whatever. <laughs> Her uh, striking method is just, like, very long-range kisses. <laughs> that, one, that one did make my 86, so... <laughs> I just remember really enjoying that as a kid, and like Nick said, the um, the punchline at the end, like the buying a timeshare, <laughs> it's just so out of left field. I love it. Has anyone nominated one yet, Nicholas Worman, that wasn't on your '86 shortlist? Yeah, well, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants versus the big one was not on there. <laughs> but yeah, everything else has been on my 86. I'm just curious. <laughs> Number seven, Alden, take it away. I don't know how many Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes we're up to now, but... You better be careful. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 5. Okay. Featuring the International Justice League of Super Acquaintances. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Barnacle Man. We gotta redo our DC list. I can't believe we we forgot this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see me run to that mountain and back? Do you want to see me do it again? Crack, Crack a, a toa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one.
That's a great episode. It's it's fun. I uh, I like that one. It's got a lot of a lot of good little superhero quips and jokes and moments. It's nice to see all of the uh, all of the SpongeBob gang uh, as superheroes, and not just SpongeBob and Patrick dressing up as Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. I just love the inciting incident too for that episode being the fact of like everybody just makes fun of like uh, Barnacle Boy. Uh, because he wants to get a large Krabby Patty meal, but they're like, no, you can't. You can only handle the Pipsqueak meal. <laughs> That's like his village at villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> I also like when uh, Patrick's hands get accidentally caught on SpongeBob and then he Mr. Fantastics himself. <laughs> this is the episode where every villain is lemons was also sad. Yes. <laughs> And half of the Krusty Krab is dark because Mr. Krabs won't pay for the electric bill. I'm going to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good that's a good pick. It's a slept on episode. Nicholas Rorman, number seven. My number seven episode. I, I don't have a frame of reference on whether or not this will be one that people include or not, but it is the season three episode, The Algae's Always Greener. I almost had that on my list. Is that the one where he's like, I'll see you guys in therapy? Yes. <laughs> so Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> probably like the second best line in that episode. The best line is one that I feel like people always forget, and I quote it almost every day of my life when it's set up for me. <laughs> and uh, when someone goes, do you think this is funny? <laughs> Mr. Plankton goes, in a cosmic sort of way, yeah. <laughs> and that has got to be one of the funniest quips that Plankton has given in the entire show's history. <laughs> and right after that, he shows him the Krabby Patty and goes, what? It's just an ordinary Krabby. Oh my goodness! The timing, Mr. Lawrence is such an underrated performer, uh, and the timing in that episode is is out of this world. Uh Sidebar, have any of you guys seen the live action episode of Spongebob? <laughs> yes. There's a what? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, where the voice cast just plays their characters as people. That sounds scary. It's not a full episode, to be fair. Yeah, Patrick's birthday and they're all doing like a surprise party for him. So to get him out of the house, Spongebob gives him a tour of the surface. And they, they go into a restaurant and it's just the Krusty Krab and all of the voice actors are playing the versions of them. But Roger Bumpus is playing man word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I think I think on uh, BSU tonight, uh, you guys had a better uh, Squidward live action, honestly. <laughs> the man addicted to Squidward with the, the coconut flavored blue condom that was dripping from the nose. <laughs> that must have smelled awful. Oh, I'm sure. Kubis. Number seven. My number seven might be an episode that nobody has. Uh, Sandy's Rocket. Oh, interesting. That's a good one. Yeah, I was thinking about that one, but for me personally, it drags on too long. It's cool. It's kind of like, I don't want to like describe it this way, but it's like the vibes I always got. And then as when I was doing my research, there were comparisons to like that. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone episode of SpongeBob. It's just very creative and fun. I like the look of the rocket ship. I like the inside. When Patrick was playing like the video game and he was like pulling the wire, I saw that episode at a very young age. So I like thought like you would play better if you did that. And I ended up almost like breaking my Xbox because the console like flew off the table. Oh, hey, there, there's a very important antagonist to SpongeBob that makes his first appearance in that episode. Who is it? It's a the a villain from a season three episode. Um, it is Flats the Flounder. Oh, oh! 
in the bully episode. He the the freaking bully. <laughs> yeah. So in that episode, they just like pop out into his window and shoot him. But he's there for a second. It's very clearly, and it's interesting too because he like Flats isn't one of the like incidental background characters that you see all the time. He's not included in that list. They just like had him in that one episode and never used him again. And then two seasons later went, man, that guy's probably pissed that they shot him with a net. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good pick, Josh. <laughs> Sleeper episode. I honestly forgot about this one. I think it's interesting that the one character who builds a rocket also happens to be from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody say boom? We move along to Nicholas Alexander. What is your number seven? Uh, for my number seven, um, I decided to choose ripped pants. Uh, this one, it's a, a for me a childhood favorite. It was always just goofy, with just SpongeBob just ripping his pants, just trying to get a laugh and shit. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. Uh, then like later, he's like, oh, I'm gonna try to go farther. I'm just gonna go flat out naked. Doesn't work. And uh, then he's just like, oh, I'm gonna then have a uh, you know kind of a not exactly a jellyfish jam but a, a good old jam on the beach and just finds other depressed ass people on the beach and then they have the coolest jam down ever and then not only that everybody surrounds spongebob like a concert this is like the first concert before band geeks and like they're all there's a blimp at that concert it, like, <laughs> for, Sponge, for spongebob's rip pants there's a blimp <laughs> and then after that everybody hugs and and stuff like that but but yeah like you know I, but also like I chose this one because like uh, even though there's some other good like Sandy episodes I always kind of like I always like this one uh this Spongebob episode and stuff with Sandy. It's really weird that uh, the song in Ripped Pants is Alden's favorite Beatles song. It always throws me off. <laughs> uh, as a professional comedian, I relate too much to the Ripped Pants episode. Just having a list of things did not work. Do not try it again. Uh, a little bit into my villain origin story. Ripped Pants is actually the reason I wasn't allowed to watch Spongebob as a kid. So the first time I ever attempted to watch Spongebob, it was this episode and my mom thought that the humor was it was too crude. I guarantee the reason why your mom said you couldn't watch is because your mom came in exactly at the moment when SpongeBob's like, I got it. I'm going to go pants off and just literally goes buck ass naked on the beach. That's when your mom came in and was like, yeah, not going to let my son watch this. <laughs> this sexy kitchen sponge. You're probably right. <laughs> Enough with the sex, Nate. Poor four-year-old me is just crying. And then, and then, like a week later, his dad's his dad's like, "Let's watch Blade Runner." <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my dad's like, "We're throwing on RoboCop today." I was like, "What's that?" Alrighty, John Sakula, number seven. Uh, number seven. I've got one we already have, but I put it a little higher. I got Band Geeks up here at number seven. Nice. Fair enough. Good pick. Is there a reason why it's at seven for you as opposed to like lower? Episodes that I would rather watch than Band Geeks, and I stand by what I said before, where like, you know, the lead up is good. I do like the, the goofs that they have in the beginning, especially the like, is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> That's a standout. I think that the ending is, is very much like the reason you come to this episode. Uh, what, what was the view count on YouTube for that for just that scene? I forget what it was. Like a billion. Yeah, like that. It's it's a cultural touchstone. I think that puts it above the ones I've already mentioned. 
but I don't think that it needs to go higher. I think there's some ones that I value more. The best part of that episode is one that people don't talk about, and it's Plankton running to play the harmonica. I love that part, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the funniest gags. It takes him so long just to play five notes, and the camera, un it doesn't cut to anyone else. It just pans with him. And we all have to sit there and wait for him the whole time. I really like those YouTube compilations that were like like SpongeBob, but in another context. And it was like it, I saw one that was like if SpongeBob was like uh, famous music artists. And that was the clip that they used for Bob Dylan. And I thought it was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Even with the heavy breathing as he gets to the last note. <laughs> Alden, number six here. What is the last one in uh, not in your top five? This one has been said, but Shanghai. Nice. Good pick. Love that episode, man. I'm still blown away that the Halloween special came for because like for the longest time, I always thought it was the other way around. Right? Yeah. No, because I found that out probably a few months ago looking at all the episodes. It is weird when going back and watching some of them, you're like, man, this is like an early, like you forget how early the episode is. You're like, oh, this is season one. Yeah. So many episodes are season one. I was surprised that um, the episodes are not released in the order that they're listed as. They're just thrown out there whenever. Like there's there's episodes from season three that came out before half of the episodes of season two. That's interesting. That explains a lot. That they just all kind of came out whenever. England had to wait a whole year for my next episode. I just I just learned. <laughs> I can't remember which episode it was, but there was one that released on like DVD or video something first, then CBS, which makes no sense to me at all, then Nickelodeon. I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of what it is. And it was like a whole month that all of this got released. I was looking at like the release dates and I saw that there were like seven or eight episodes that were all released on the same day from various parts of season two. I want to look up like what was the reasoning that they that they dumped them all on the same day. Like, was there an event happening? I remember a marathon. What were they distracting kids ages six from eleven? What else was going on that day that they needed to distract? It was it was right after 9-11, other than band geeks. Yeah. Sedate your kids. Throw them in front of the TV. We're playing SpongeBob for three and a half hours. While everyone mourns. <laughs> New episodes. I was just about to ask, Nick, as a uh, as the most successful showrunner in this uh, <laughs> in this group, call what what did you learn from from Hillenburg and like the success of SpongeBob uh, that you carry forward? Because you've said on the record multiple times this is your favorite television show spongebob has this like foothold in creativity that nothing else does it, it it's really hard to explain and i i mean i've watched so many videos of people trying to like use numerals and and things to describe like this is why scientifically spongebob is is so good but it is the people involved with making the show had such a a love for comedy and for children's entertainment and were able to do things that TV hadn't done before for children and tell jokes in a way that hadn't been done. And when we grew up, a lot of us in this call are around the same age where SpongeBob first aired when I was two, like the first episode came out. So we grew up watching reruns mostly until it got to like season four, season five. At that point, shows like The Fairly Odd Parents and shows like so many shows started to try to take the formula of SpongeBob and it became commonplace. But when SpongeBob came out, there wasn't really children's television that treated the audience like they were intelligent and 
kept it funny. They didn't play down to anybody. Um, and that's why you, we can still watch it to this day. And also, so many creative people came out of that show, like Dan Pavenmeyer. Oh, yeah. The creator of Phineas and Ferb. He was on that show. C.H. Greenblatt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just so many people. I was surprised to find out that Dan Pavenmeyer from Phineas and Ferb wrote the Campfire Song song episode and the song, um, which makes sense. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was the launching pad for the current generation of television, good and bad, um, or children's television, I mean. So I feel like Hillenburg had something special and he knew how to use it. And it's not like a lot of showrunners who end up going on and making another show or having two shows at the same time. He didn't want to or care to. He just focused on SpongeBob and and did it until he thought it should be done and then he left. (laughs) There was a interview or comic-con panel i don't remember but uh, tom kenny was talking about uh showing up to just do tests it wasn't even for i don't think nickelodeon had signed anything yet um so he showed up to do the voice and whatever and he's like this is brand new incredible and it's just it's something that people try replicating and cannot so even though i like you know fairly odd parents and like those kind of shows that like, you know kind of came after and stuff like I never realized in a sense of like until kind of just now, like how much like in a sense it was taking like the formula of SpongeBob and using it for their show. I never realized that until kind of just now. But it's interesting that like SpongeBob is the one that's still I feel like is well even beyond Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel also had animated shows that had similar formulas too. Yeah, well, I feel like with shows that came before like Rocco's Modern Life and Ren and Stimpy and things like that. The shows that did have humor for adults and for kids were often very cynical. SpongeBob had cynical elements with Squidward, but he was the minority. And it was all super optimistic while also being funny for every age and telling telling intelligent jokes in a way that would make kids laugh even if they don't get the joke. The delivery was huge. I don't know. Everyone was able to watch it and... I feel sad for people who weren't allowed to watch it when they were kids because I know a lot of people who were that way. And the other thing, too, I always thought that was cool with, like, Steven Hillenburg is just, it was just a weird, fascinating thing, but it was just cool in a way of, like, how he combined it. Like, I never knew about it until like, I watched, like, a few videos and stuff, uh, like, a few months ago. It was just, like, how, I mean, I assumed he would, but I never realized, like, how interested like how deeply interested in stuff uh, he was into marine biology and i just thought it's so interesting with like that and just like his love for animation it's like that's really cool with just like him combining like his basically in a sense like two loves just to make this like really like timeless show marine biology was his career and uh drawing was his hobby oh shit he worked for a museum that had a like a newsletter and he created a comic for the newsletter to like teach kids about marine biology and at the end of the episodes of SpongeBob you know the like production logo that has all of the yellow like sea urchins and planktons and all that stuff those were all of the characters that were from his comic that he did in the original newsletter. It's a very special show. I I think it's interesting that there's only one episode that is not good and just as in like it hasn't aged well. That's the episode where SpongeBob pretends to be dumb for Patrick's parents. Fucking hate that episode. I love that episode. So guys, my number one episode of SpongeBob. It's a very funny episode. And then SpongeBob goes, wait, I forgot something and puts on a helmet 
and you go, oh no. Mm. <laughs> the only situation in the first three seasons where you go, maybe that didn't age as well. There is an episode that they pulled. It's no longer airing. Yeah. Oh, Squidward suicide? <laughs> <laughs> Someone was going to bring it up. I was waiting. <laughs> the Panty Raid episode. Oh, that's a good one too, though. Instead of just cutting that part of the episode or whatever, it's no longer being released at all. Panty Raid episode, like, it's weird, but it's not, I don't think it didn't age well, because when they made that episode, everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, like they knew it when they were going out with it. It's definitely one of those episodes that you don't want your parents walking in while it's playing. Yes, it does. Good. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, after all that galaxy brain conversation and celebration, I can't wait for uh, Nicholas Rorman, your sixth episode to be, uh, you know, maybe a smooth brain take uh it might be uh, my number six episode is season two uh mermaid man and barnacle boy three that's a good one actually that's not a smooth brain take that is the episode with man ray is this your wallet oh it's that one Oh, I forgot about that one. They watch the Mermelair while they're on vacation. The Orb of Confusion. <laughs> the Orb of Confusion is such a funny concept. Like, why would it ever be necessary? The person who's turning it on is always the first person to get hit by it. <laughs> No, that's a great episode. That might have some of my favorite dialogue in the whole show, yes. too, because the back and forth with uh, the, the villain and, and Patrick is hilarious and very, very memeable. Makes sense to me. <laughs> the the voice of Man Ray is John Rhys Davies. Gim Gimli from Lord of the Rings. The performance that he gives as Man Ray is one of his greatest performances of all time. The, the absolute strength behind his voice as he's trying to scream at Patrick and is getting tickled. It, it is just, I mean, he put every single ounce of his ability into that performance. Yeah, dude, Sala from Raiders makes a great SpongeBob <laughs> voice uh, appearance. All right, Kubis, what's your number six? My number six is Scary Pants. Mm. The first uh, Halloween uh, special. That's the first appearance of the Dutch? Yep. Yep, I love this episode. I've come to take your pickle. That's the only line I remember from Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of the holiday of Halloween, and to mix that with SpongeBob, I think you could go so many uh, creative routes, which they do in the future, and I think this was a really fun base of it. Just a lot of fond memories of watching it, and you also kind of get into the lore of how SpongeBob's like body like works which is like interesting you could actually like give him like a haircut that's nightmare fuel yes very nightmare fuel there's a lot of nightmare fuel in spongebob i feel like that's one of the the tamest especially in the later seasons but uh it was kind of a hint of what's to come i guess when it comes to nightmare fuel it also conflicts with another season one episode with how his brain works yeah because we we see his brain making like a heart shape on top of his head. Uh, and then in another season one episode, we see Plankton having to gaffer tape his brain down because it's not actually connected and just rolls around. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe when the sponge grew back, something happened. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nicholas Alexander, what is your number six? I decided to go with the, the Fry Cook games because in my list, I didn't have any other ones involving like uh 
the plankton and like Mr. Krabs kind of feud. And I love that one just for how extreme it is in the sense it's like just the Olympics, but with just, I guess, fry cooking. And it's just, you know, you know, the extremes of their feud, but not only that, but a cool, fun, uh, you know, uh, humorous little episode with uh, Patrick and SpongeBob kind of dueling it off in this uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> the moment where Plankton announces those with a weak stomach may need to leave the arena and uh the gold team rules guy from a different episode stands up and goes i gotta get out of here like so <laughs> isn't that the one with the fish sticks joke or is that a different episode yeah that, that is the episode too man the desperation in that guy's voice the voice acting in general on this show is just so good especially with like the my leg like random throwaway lines are just so funny I think the best part of Spongebob are the incidental char characters saying things in the background. Yeah. A couple of my episodes have some of those amazing... That's part of the reason why I think they're in my top ten. <laughs> Just the greatest lines from incidental characters. I, like for one of the incidental lines I always loved was uh like you brought up earlier with like uh, the uh, the flat like uh flat Flanders uh, bully episode where it's when he's running away he's gotta kick my butt and, like one of like the town like you know they turn around they look at the old man it's just the how many times we have to tell you this old man I love the young people <laughs> the episode where um Pearl takes over the Krusty Krab. And SpongeBob is in the costume outside of the restaurant and a car that's going way too fast slams on its brakes and says, hey, buddy, you need a ride? I was just on my way to the big doofus convention and then laughs and drives away. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he stopped his day to make fun of SpongeBob. Sakula, what is your number six? Uh, my number six is rock bottom. <laughs> it's probably the most relatable episode of Spongebob. Didn't you kind of recently live a rock bottom uh, incident at a trip? Every time I take a Greyhound bus, I am Spongebob at rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't understand your accent. Never fall for the the, the vending machine at the bus stop. <laughs> oh my god, I can picture it right now where like he's like, every, the coin is going into the vending machine and the bus is like speeding away and then he pulls the coin out and the bus comes back. <laughs> I think the best visual gags in the whole show are in that episode. Spongebob turns himself into the shape of a park bench. <laughs> to, to, to try and surprise the bus. Yeah. <laughs> to trick the bus. And that's another, like, I mean, it's not necessarily a bottle episode, but it might as well be because it's pretty much just SpongeBob. He's the only main character besides Patrick at the beginning and end. And there's also that really cool passerby character guy with the balloon that, like, saves the day at the end. Like, you get a good taste for the world of rock bottom. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I think that in terms of a cartoon show, it's, it's a bottle episode. It, I think it could be easily determined that way i mean if a regular tv show like a live action show took place at one bus stop slash gas station and that in like that one vicinity for the whole episode you would still call it a bottle episode i think yeah i hate the bottle seasons of the walking dead you watch the walking dead <laughs> no uh top five time alden what is your number five uh my number five is probably not on anyone else's list but dying for pie that is on my list. Bro, I almost had this one on here just for the fact of I, I wanted to talk about skin theory. <laughs> it almost made my list. Yeah, no, I think that this one is just a heavy hitter 
for a random Spongebob episode. Also, I just love Spongebob. Like, he, he's trying to make a gift for Squidward. So, like, you may... Hey, Squidward, you want this sweater? I made this one with my tears. <laughs> the boy cried you a sweater of tears. And you killed him. Yeah, dude, that's like that's literally from that. Like, I always I wanted to bring it. Like, I was thinking about putting it in just to bring up skin theory with that part of the episode. I I have this one higher on my list, and I have a lot more to say about it. God, I just found a deviant art where they rank every episode on a scale of one hundred. I'm bookmarking this for later. <laughs> <laughs> put that put that score at the bottom when we do our like our top ten. Put that score in the corner, like the DeviantArt score. I just, like, there's, like, the two things I like, love about this episode, like, or I guess three things, like, uh, was it the first one being, of, like, Squidward being, like, I need to get something for Spongebob, goes to these pirates that are just loading pies, and the pirates are just nonchalantly, like, they're bombs. <laughs> and then he buys them, and then he gives it to Spongebob. He's then warned from uh, Mr. Krabs. He, so he spends all this time to make Spongebob feel better, and then at the end, the, and I love the end, he's like, yeah, now we're just watching the sunset, you, me, this wall between us. And then just, and then like, they watch the sunset. It is honestly, it's, even though it's funny, it's kind of sad. Cause like, Squidward does feel bad for SpongeBob. Like, he genuinely cares and thinks he fucked up. He thinks he's about to explode. And then, and then just all of a sudden, he hears explosions. He's like, wait a minute. And it's just SpongeBob blowing bubbles. <laughs> when they, they start to count down the sunset, and Squidward hits zero, and then there's a pause, and SpongeBob goes, I guess we started too early. Let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it uses Hitchcock's theory for suspense in a comedic way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rorman, number five. My number five episode is the season two, Patty Hype. That is the the Pretty Patties episode. Your Pretty Patties turned my face purple! And look what I got under me kilt! My favorite interaction from that is the first guy that tries to buy him from Spongebob, and after he gives the whole spiel, he just goes, that thing's green! And he starts laughing. So then Spongebob brings out the rest of them, and as he's laughing, he goes, oh, hey, is that one purple? Purple is my favorite color. Like, just halts in his tracks instantly. When Mr. Krabs is like, the, the Krabby Patty's dead and he's just watching TV eating popcorn and he's watching the, um, the news broadcast of everything happening, uh, everything he says is being negated by the news reporter. <laughs> like, like, they have a... Uh, he's like, well, how could they make any money with such a stupid idea? And how could they not make money with such a brilliant idea? <laughs> First, we didn't know what to do with the money. We, st we tried burning it, <laughs> burying it. But then we decided to give it all away. <laughs> I'm getting back in line. Also, in this episode, don't you get the meme of uh, Mr. Krabs being like all woozy, hazy as the people? Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's that one. The meme originates. Because <laughs> it was a uh, order of uh, 46,853. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back the next day and hits the open sign and everyone shows up. Uh, Pretty Patties is now open. Can I take your money? And then that's when they're all complaining about it. And they all start to charge him and he gets... <laughs> he turns to the side. I also love when the whole mob runs after Mr. Krabs. They just create a whole like rainbow in like their tracks. <laughs> Great episode. Josh, what is your number five? Nick, my number five is Patty Hype. Hey. Hey, look at us. I love this episode. Every everything you said, like it's <laughs> I love how the episode like just like 
so just builds up into chaos and it just keeps going and going and going just like it's such a clear example of a spongebob episode that like i think it's a really good gateway spongebob episode actually it's in a weird time where like the crusty crab is dead like no one's coming into the restaurant but i feel like for a lot of the other episodes like there's always at least one or two people and it's like one of the few episodes where you're like the crusty crab is in like a dead zone of like business <laughs> for 30 days they have one customer one potential customer that shows up who is dying of starvation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he crawls forward and they say, like, uh, here's a Krabby Patty. And the guy goes, oh, Krabby Patty. And he goes, yes, sir. Find us in the land. And he goes, yeah, yeah. But where's the pizzazz? <laughs> <laughs> What's what's the theme here? Underwater? It's boring. Watching Avatar 2 be like. <laughs> Watching the sequel trilogy be like. Yeah, what's the theme here? Tatooine? All right, Nicholas Alexander. What is your number five? Uh, for my number five, uh, we said this one earlier with Alden. It is chocolate with nuts. I always loved this one. Uh, honestly, you know, thinking about it, man, I kind of wish I put Dying for Pie there because like, I like chocolate with nuts. Like, I just like the goofiness of that one. Just also the one thing I love about the, the guy that keeps scamming. I, every morning I break my legs. Every afternoon I break my arms. <laughs> it's Jeremy Renner f filming tag. <laughs> I have glass bones and paper skins. <laughs> Would you please like to buy my chocolate bars? <laughs> Chocolate's made of sugar and sugar's turned to bubbling fat. Isn't that right, Bubble Boy? And also I just love the ending where literally it's just like the whole time like you're just they're just running away from the guy that's shouting at them just for the punchline to be like, I just want to buy all your chocolate. <laughs> when they think they're easy, they're just going to get like murdered by this crazy guy. <laughs> when like they just say like, you just like... It's like the trigger word to him is chocolate. <laughs> As a kid, that was one of my favorite episodes because it was so relatable to when I was briefly in the Cub Scouts of having to sell popcorn door to door in a neighborhood. You know, it's like it's one of those episodes that is like you're like, oh, it's all about like them becoming salesmen. And you think like that's not going to be relatable to kids, but. Yeah, no, it was relatable to me at age eight, unfortunately. I would also like to point out the last part of that glass bones and paper skin monologue, which a lot of people forget, is at night I lay awake in agony until my heart attacks put me to sleep. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then he proceeds to like fall down the stairs after that. <laughs> daily heart attacks i just remember two from the beginning of that episode just like the one line from sponge because like they go to spongebob in his mail he gets a fancy magazine or whatever and either it's like whoa look at this guy's house he's got a swimming pool in a swimming pool and it, it shows a big swimming pool with an inflatable one in the inflatable it. one on the inside and the funniest thing about it is that they're underwater yeah. Sakula, what is your fifth favorite episode of SpongeBob? Uh, I got another one that we already mentioned. Um, my fifth favorite episode is Pizza Delivery. Pizza Delivery, Jesus Christ. I'm completely 100% sober, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long day. A lot of cleaning. Crab pizza is the pizza for you and me. Crusty Crab. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pizza. Here's the pizza, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great episode. I'm pretty sure my Game Boy Advanced was Jellyfish Jam and Pizza Delivery. I think those are the two episodes that were on my Game Boy. It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. Not that I have a list, but if I did, they were in my top three each. So I would have really liked that Game Boy cartridge. <laughs> Alden, did you watch Shrek 2 on your Game Boy? 
I did. I did not own it. It was someone else's. Damn, so you're out here stealing Shrek 2 Game Boy copies from people? Hold on, hold on, hold on. It was returned. I stole Sims 2 pets from someone. Alden stole a balloon. Alden, how about you steal number four, SpongeBob episode? Uh, yeah, number four. Fun. Fair. It is, I believe it's the first musical episode. Interesting. That is possible. Like, I guess the question could be whether it was the first one released or the first one made since they were shuffling around when they were released. But it's definitely in there because I believe it's the first season. Yeah, September 18th, 1999. Wow, that's when it was released? Is that the first episode with Plankton? Nah, I thought the first one was like literally, pl I thought the first one was just called Plankton. The pilot came out in May of 1999. Officially. The pilot did air in 97. Yes, yeah. But the pilot as episode one was May 1st, 1999. That's got to be the first episode with a song in it then. Well, Jellyfish Jam came first, but... Do you guys remember what your first Spongebob episode was? Because I actually do. Rip Pants. No, because I watched it from the first like episode. I specifically remember that it was the, uh, the shoe tying episode. I don't know why I remember that. First episode of season two. Loop-de-loop and pull. And now your shoes are looking cool. Your introduction to SpongeBob had Ween. Ween made that song. Hell yeah. Has anyone seen Ween in concert? I really want to. They're on my bucket list. Yeah. I feel like the first episode to make an impact on me was the episode where they take Squidward to Jellyfish Fields when he's in the full body cast. Oh my god. <laughs> Jelly, like, isn't that in the first jellyfishing episode too? I, I doubt that it was my first episode, but... I can try and ask my cousin if he remembers what my first episode was, but... I was easily one years old when that happened. Nicholas Worman, the fourth best episode of SpongeBob to you. My episode four is pizza delivery. Nice. Pizza Angel, please come to me. That's Veggie Tales. For a while, I would have told you that pizza delivery was my favorite episode. Back when I had an iPod touch, it was one of the only episodes that I spent money on to have permanently on my on my iPod so I could watch it whenever. I have since I have since reconciled and really looked deep within myself to re-rank my my top episodes. But it's a it is the energy of a bottle episode while being everywhere. Just putting them together. And everything there, it, it is a character study, more so than most episodes of Spongebob. Yeah. Giving situations to the two characters and seeing how they're going to deal with it. I think my favorite part of the episode is when he won't let go of the pizza during the storm. And when Sp uh, Squidward says he doesn't care about the customer, the storm pauses. <gasps> Squidward! <laughs> It's funny how much workplace humor there is within a show that is targeted to people that don't work. Right. Well, I think it goes into what I was saying earlier that like, yeah, look what happened to me and Alden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still not working. Interesting. I, I think the, the show and like its jokes are aimed towards adults and told for children. They're all told in an accessible way that you don't have to be having a minimum wage job to understand the plight of someone being annoying and someone not caring. The conclusion of the episode, though, is also so, like, wholesome. Like, I love how, like, the entire episode, it's chaos and SpongeBob is annoying and Squidward is bothered. But then at the, at the end of it, SpongeBob is, like, dejected and broken. This guy won't take his pizza without the drink. And Squidward's like, I'm gonna fucking make him take it throws it in his face and then he goes to spongebob he's like don't worry spongebob he took the pizza it shows the humanity of squidward and 
something that the yeah the later seasons in the flanderization of the of the characters they make him just a jackass he doesn't hate spongebob he's just annoyed by spongebob and would choose to not hang out with him his, his day was inconvenienced by this and the fact that they were mean to somebody that doesn't deserve to be mean towards he stood up for him i i think that's a, a great example of of who Squidward is, especially because in the Band Geeks episode, after Squidward quits and SpongeBob convinces everyone to do it, SpongeBob says, Squidward's always been there for us when it's convenient for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's very, that, that's a very true statement. You have this show, at least the first three seasons, memorized. I really do. I, I I know it too well. Nick, how do you feel about the episode where the entirety of Bikini Bottom takes a day off from SpongeBob? Do you think that's a giant flanderization or do you think it works? I think it works. It, it That's a later episode that's in i think it's is it season five because wasn't it just called gone <laughs> i think so i i remember liking the episode but from my memory it, it doesn't seem too much like too one-dimensional with squidward's character because he does feel remorse in the end a little bit i guess what bothers me is that patrick doesn't feel any remorse yes patrick is a sentient fence post yeah i i wonder if patrick knew that that's what they were doing like i don't remember the episode that well but was he aware that, like, we are taking a break from Spongebob? I thought he was well aware. He was. He made some kind of comment that always bothered me where he was like, even I need a day away from you or something. Yeah, yeah, like, I remember that, like, at the end. Yeah, same. <laughs> When's our day off from Josh Day again, Alden? I know we scheduled one. Uh, It's in my calendar. But is that the end of that episode, though? Like, don't they leave, like, Patrick? <laughs> yeah. Literally immediately after the bus gets back. <laughs> <laughs> that does bother me. In the same way that like the I'm with stupid episode does. Patrick is a chameleon, like a social chameleon. So if there's enough people telling him to do something, he'll agree with them. When his parents come in and start being bigots, he decides to be a bigot because that's what his parents want. <laughs> I think Patrick's just a sociopath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A sociopath who's also dumb, which is not a good combo. It's a weird blend. Speaking of sociopaths that are dumb, Josh, what is your number four? <laughs> this episode is one long running joke and it still makes me laugh sailor mouth is my number four yes <laughs> i heard that they recorded actual swear words for this i thought they did like but they just like bleeped them out because they knew they were gonna do it anyway <laughs> that's what i heard that they did but i don't know how true that is the continuation of my villain origin story <laughs> uh, about two years <laughs> after i tried to watch ripped pants i tried to th watch sailor mouth oh, and it only further cemented spongebob being banned in my household you, you just had to choose the worst episode <laughs> or your mom just has to walk on the worst one ones uh any other reason why sailor mouth or is it just the the one joke pony works for you i have a clear memory that i always quoted as a kid where um when spongebob is rolling the dice when they're playing the board game and he goes gary needs a new pair of shoes whenever i played a board game after that i would go my i had a i had a dog named leo so i go leo needs a new pair of shoes <laughs> that's wholesome i just like i like the uh the punchline at the end where they think like uh mr Krabs' uh, mother swears and they're like mother Mrs. Krabs. And she's like, what? It's just old man Jenkins' boat. <laughs> old man Jenkins and his jalopy. I uh, I still want to play Eels and Escalators, but the only one available is $50, and I don't think it's... Holy shit. Wait, that's a game you can actually buy? Yeah, it's like from Box Launch or whatever. 
I was looking it up, and I'm like, I don't know how there could be rules to this. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like shoots and ladders. I, th- I literally just thought it was that. <laughs> so there is a version of just the game played as shoots and ladders on Tabletop Simulator, but it includes both a uh, eel and escalator die, which I don't know how to use. Rules really aren't explained very well in the episode. Right. And then it has two numbered dies as well. You just kind of have to play it as regular shoots and ladders because there's no rules for that one. Because I guess the confusing part for me was the escalators seemingly were like too big for the board game. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how this works. Like, I don't... <laughs> It's on Hot Topic. They actually, you can build the, the escalators. That's fantastic. Uh, let's escalate on to uh, Nicholas Alexander's number four episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. And the walls will ooze green slime. Oh, wait, they always do that. It is the graveyard shift. Yeah. Very good. I love that one. It's I, That's one of the ones also, like, one of the earliest, like, episodes I remember watching. And just, there's so many things I just find goofy and so funny with the episode. One, I love the punchline with Nosferatu at the end. I think it's funny. And just, like, the whole, like, Nosferatu. everything's, like, <laughs> and everything's correlating to the story of, when, of what Squidward said. And, like, not only that, but he grows hair because he's so scared. <laughs> and then just, uh, but I also just love, was it, uh, the other two parts, was, was it, uh, when he's telling the story about the hash-slinging slasher, what was it, um, Spongebob's just eating his hands in different ways the whole time. <laughs> and then, uh, I just, like, during the story, it's getting so intense. And then, like, Squidward goes, and then, then just, it just, pa- like, kind of with the pizza delivery, it just pauses and stops. A customer comes up and just like, hey, dude, can I have some ketchup? And Squidward's, yeah, here you go. And then just goes right back into the story. <laughs> and also, I love the line by Mr. Krabs in the beginning, just, uh, was it, because they're like, oh, we're going to do 24 hours. Like, we, Squidward's like, I can't do 24 hours. I got a life. And then, but, like, Mr. Krabs literally says the same thing. Like, you know, he's leaving this, like, Mr. Krabs, why aren't you saying, I can't stay out here all night. I got a life. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked the prices for pristine condition SpongeBob Monopoly. I, w- I am happy to announce that my $3 purchase five years ago is worth $120 at least on eBay. Who would pay any money for Monopoly? Nevertheless, SpongeBob Monopoly. SpongeBob Monopoly is great, dude. It's the exact same as base game Monopoly. Actually, $150 in Monopoly money. All That's fine. I'm never selling it. It has every single piece. It's all in perfect condition. Best goodwill find I've ever had. I like that Nosferatu is the name they gave Count Orlock. It's just they just named the movie that he's from. That's not even his name. And apparently, he's a reoccurring character in the spinoff series Camp Coral. That's awesome. I got to watch Camp Coral now. Didn't Willem Dafoe play that character? character a couple like in like the 2000s or something it's possible i do know that they're making a new nosferatu movie and doug jones is playing him unfortunately that got canned really the new one yeah because it was supposed to be made by robert edgars and the studio turned it down because he had the script and shit finished and northman bombed so oh no that sucks. Doug Jones is an alumni of my school. Yeah, Doug Jones is goaded. He's a fantastic character actor for sure. John Sekula, number four. Uh, I've got the two faces of Squidward where we get uh, our wonderful look at handsome Squidward. That is surprising. I mean, it's a good episode. That's really high. I'm just surprised for a season 
five episode to be in, in top, top four. Yeah, honestly, big same. Uh, I just remember thinking it's absolutely hilarious. I, and I love how they keep hitting him and it keeps getting more handsome. And then I like at the end, they try to do it again and he gets it just gets worse. Like Mr. Krabs is literally just abusing his, his employee just to get more money and attention from the people. Look, he's getting prettier. Wham, wham, wham. I, I don't think that this episode is definitely of the quality that we've mentioned thus far. I just love it very much, so I'm putting it up high. <laughs> That's totally fair. Alden Mason, number three. This is where I have band geeks. Nice. Understandable for Tom. I love this episode. Imagine, just imagine if it played at the Super Bowl. Just ugh. They faked us out so hard. COVID would not have happened if they just played it at the Super Bowl. I agree. I think you might be right. What they need is like like a dome with like a hologram of like the SpongeBob characters like doing the performance. They could have just played it on a screen. Like honestly, I don't care. They could they literally could have just played that video on the screen. People would have went nuts. <laughs> yes, the fact that they had the intro and instead it was just sicko mode disgusting that's the worst part about it too it's the biggest insult to hillenberg that they could have done like literally <laughs> the worst part about it is what song it went in yes like it wasn't like imagine if i mean this is a dumb idea but like imagine like queen like some stupid rock band playing and then like sweet victory going into a song of a similar sound and genre that would have been a lot better than it going into sicko mode. Sicko mode? It would have been better, but I think people would have still been pissed because I think a lot of people just love this like song and just like this moment in the episode so much. Like even though like it would have been better maybe with like a different band, like maybe some like Queen or something. Like if that went to Maps by Maroon Five. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> the uproar. We had a Super Bowl party in our apartment. I literally got up and just walked out. Understandable. <laughs> well, on a less depressing subject matter, Nicholas Rorman, what is your fourth or third? My bad. Third favorite episode of SpongeBob. My third favorite episode is the season three camping episode. Yes, dude. I have the same spot on mine. Hell yeah, Nick. Oh, yeah. Camping episode. It is so well made. The the structure of that episode and how they continue to evolve the same joke. Oh, it's literally called the camping episode? I thought it was just called camping. I didn't realize it was called the camping episode. I thought it was just called camping. <laughs> no, it's literally the camping episode. And the the way they evolve the joke throughout is so fantastic. They it, It's such a simple premise. And they were able to, I don't know, they, they were able to an idea that isn't special, do whatever they wanted with it, which I think is some of the best SpongeBob episodes. To me, it's like one of the funniest, like for just like pure humor. It's like one of the funniest for me because it's just so ridiculous how far was it? It's everything with the sea bear. Just like, I love this too. Just like when the sea bear comes, it just keeps fucking up Squidward no matter what he does. <laughs> Don't crawl. They hate that. <laughs> you got to draw your sea bear protection circle. Yeah, that was an oval. You have to draw a circle. <laughs> the best SpongeBob episodes are ones where they can put the characters in a situation where they can now, after having established the game, be able to do whatever they want, which is why SB129 is, is works. Squidward being able to get into an, an endless void where everything he speaks becomes like a physical word in the world 
only works because it's established the idea of him time traveling or traveling to dimensions and, and things like that. So the camping episode is so good because it's, hey, we're going to camp in our front yards. Done. Now we can do whatever we want with the concept. It's like the uh, the box episode. Yeah. That is in my top tw- uh, 25 for sure because for, for a very similar reason. All right, Kubis, what is your third favorite episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? Uh, Graveyard Shift. Nice. It's a classic. All right, thanks, Josh. Uh, <laughs> and Nick, you just said yours is the camping episode at number three as well, right? Thing Nick said, uh, I just will uh, just say ditto. Uh, yes, everything he said is how I feel with that episode. The Nick stick, stick together. together. I, I would just, I'd like to say that I'm the only person who has three uh, episodes that were shared a spot with somebody else. Um, so I'm winning currently. <laughs> You're right. You are winning. Let's see if Sakula can pull ahead. Or is he going to pick something that has not been said at all yet? My favorite episode is from season seven. <laughs> it's season 19, episode two. No, this has been said. Um, it's a... Uh... But I, I put it way higher than anybody else. Um, this is the Krusty Krab training video at number three. Oh, nice respect out there episodes. Like it really it breaks the formula in such a ridiculous way that I love so much. Like you said, it sounds like a it, it seems like a Tim and Eric sketch, but it's in the context of SpongeBob. It doesn't make any sense, and it has no like. What I love about it, there's no internal plot like going on in the episode like it's one of the only episodes that really does that where like it literally is just a training video there's no like character arcs or any kind of like thing going on it's just like bits over and over and i love that about it and the narrator guy is fantastic the narrator is my favorite part of the whole thing now let's check in with squid was it what's the but i really wish i wasn't here right now button (laughs) there's a name for employees like this but we'll just call him squidward i'm getting overtime for this right mr crabs sorry can't hear you <laughs> i uh i love the training video it's funny because uh it was an episode i watched uh earlier in life and didn't care for it because i'm like i thought the characters are supposed to like do funny things and go places but uh as an adult this one has aged uh very <laughs> right. very well I, I i think top three is bold nate's mom was nate's mom was like you could watch this one <laughs> you can watch training video it'll prepare you for your job as a wage slave as you can see by this graph, <clears throat> graph, graph. <laughs> I also love how what was it with the ending? Because like it always made me bad, but now I just think it's funny. Like when I was younger, just like how it would always end like and go to black, like right when they would be, all right, now the secret Krabby Patty formula is, and cut to credits. <laughs> I really thought as a kid, like the network accidentally cut it. <laughs> yeah. Can we all agree that the secret formula is crabs, right? Yes. Yeah, according to other episodes, one of the secret ingredients is plankton, even though that's fake. Exactly. But there is an episode that talks about the origin of the Krabby Patties. Is that the Friends or Phil one? Yeah, I think so. And and uh, Plankton and Mr. Krabs were like originally business partners, and then and then they fell apart. But I think the secret ingredient of a Krabby Patty is a certain sauce. I believe that's what they like. I, I always thought it was like that the patties were made of crab meat. It is like they're in a crab trap. Like that's the name. That's that's the shape of the restaurant. I heard a really good theory, but there's so many layers to it. I don't even want to just spoil it off the bat because it's just a uh, but there's like so many layers to it that leads up to it. That makes sense to me. All right, let's hear it. So Nick 
mentioned the episode in his list, the painting episode. So it talked about Mr. Krabs being a sailor and everything. And I believe in one of the photos, he is like um, fighting off a whale or something. Um, There's a whale in the photo. Giant clam, right? Maybe. I know there's a whale on the wall because the theory is during Mr. Krabs' sailor days, he met Pearl's mother, which is that whale, but then later found out that Pearl's mother makes really good burgers, <laughs> and the secret and formula is Pearl's mother, and the whale was so big, he has an endless supply of meat. <laughs> Damn. Well, that's gross. Um, I think it's Soylent Green. I think Soylent Green is the secret formula for the Krabby Patty. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really dark theory. (laughs) That's darker than most other SpongeBob theories, but hey, that's just a theory, a SpongeBob theory. (laughs) Alden, take it away with number two. Hello, my number two is pizza delivery. Yes, sir. Well, obviously, it's my second favorite episode of the show. (laughs) It's uh, one of the best ones. So far, everyone but Nicholas Alexander has it in their top ten. This could be a queen sweep if if he puts it in one or two. Hey there, buddy. <laughs> if this isn't in your top ten, Nick, uh, you are racist. Have you thought about that? Have you really thought about that though? I'm gonna end up like that old man, like when the mob just beats him up when with like when they yeah. <laughs> Do you want a scary box podcast season three or not? Then you better put pizza delivery in your top two. <laughs> Okay, or I'll I'll just be the hot take. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Roman, what is your number two? I hate to uh, to suck the air out of un- out of uh, John Sakula, but it's the training video, baby. Wow, he said he had it higher than anyone else. Bam, boom. I so far gotcha, buddy. Hey, I look, I agree with you. I think it's great. I just got two above it. Yeah, it's uh the training video. I think uh, is a great example of how SpongeBob has affected my comedy sensibilities. Because <laughs> obviously it has a huge influence in the fact that I'm doing comedy professionally. The Krusty Krab training video being a Tim and Eric sketch. When's the, uh, no, you keep going. No, okay. Uh, if you were going to ask about the first episode of season two, I'm editing it right now and it's supposed to come out this weekend, but it didn't because we're still editing it very soon. By the time this podcast comes out, you're teasing me. Season two, episode one of the so far so good show will be out. Go watch it. Um, I was going to ask when's the so far so good training video on how to be a podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let me know if you need a special guest. I'm a failed podcaster. I'll help you out. But no, I, uh, I love that they were able to parody a format. That is a huge thing that I love to do. Parodying a format, but nothing in particular, is so much fun because you get to take tropes and you get to take things that people are familiar with and you don't have to worry about someone being familiar with a specific source material, but just the concept of something. I think it is the funniest episode of SpongeBob. It's not my favorite, but I think that it is the funniest episode hands down it's also something you could show to probably any demographic like you could show it to your dad yeah and your dad would be like this is fucking funny like jokes per capita of this is higher than any other episode it has to be because it's joke after joke after joke it is such a tight script it is one of two if not more perfect episodes of spongebob great pick great pick great defense kubis what is your second favorite episode I have a lot of explaining to do for my number two pick. (laughs) 
No. I wouldn't expect anything less. Kubis. So it's not my number one because I decided to make the list the best and I also want to win. So my number two is technically my favorite episode. Um, but it's I don't think it's the best in quality, but it's my personal favorite. Uh, it is the Valentine's Day episode. Whoa. What? You have told me this before. I love this episode because, listen, everyone hates Valentine's Day. If you say you like Valentine's Day, you're lying. I know we have a married man on the panel, but he is also lying to himself. Oh, no. No, 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 no. It's the worst. <laughs> Valentine's Day isn't good for anybody. Nobody likes Valentine's Day. But SpongeBob did it. SpongeBob made a great Valentine's Day episode that is so fucking wholesome that has so much terror and chaos in the beginning. Everything I love about SpongeBob and it ends and it's not even about love. It's about friendship. And I think like the friendship between SpongeBob and Patrick is one of the greatest friendships in television history. And this episode solidifies it. It is a great episode. I think it just goes to show that Valentine's Day should be for the homies and not for the significant others. If Valentine's Day was sent in the true way uh, that St. Valentine would have wanted it, it would have been a day chilling with the homies. Wait, what's the rating? What's the DeviantArt rating? Click it. <laughs> yeah, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> it's an 80 out of 100. I gotta watch that one again. I haven't seen that one like many times. It was... It was always like an all right up. I got Maybe I got to watch that one again. Nick hates love confirmed. I hate love. During Pride Month. Nick. <laughs> I may not like love, but you know what I do love? The Krusty Krab pizza. That's what I love. Delivery pizza. Pizza delivery. I mean, uh, with this one, uh, this is my number two. Uh, I kind of like almost everything of what uh, Nick said earlier with just like one, it's just like, it's really cool. Just like, it's in a sense of like a character state. Cause like, cause I don't think, cause I don't think before that we have anything regarding a uh, SpongeBob going to boning school. So in that episode, we learned literally, I think for the first time, SpongeBob not knowing how to drive a boat <laughs> and then just uh, them going on the crazy adventure, just like the amount of gags and just, uh, like Nick said also earlier, with just Squidward just having to put up with SpongeBob and then just the wholesome ending where like they finally get to their destination and uh, the guy's just being a total asshole and uh, I've, you know, I've delivered pizzas before and I could totally like, you know, understand SpongeBob when the fu when the fuckers are like, hey, where's the hell is my, I literally had that happen to me once. Where's my drink? <laughs> Literally, no, and like that went through my head, and they, they wanted a Sprite or something. They never ordered a Sprite. I know for a fact they didn't, because <laughs> it wasn't on the order that like, when the person rang it up. And uh, But yeah, it was just they gave me shit for it, and I just related to that moment, and just it was just after that with Squidward, because even though uh, Squidward just like is not a big fan or a SpongeBob and stuff with that earlier seasons, it's just he... There's three, it's not just two dimension. There's a third dimension where like, he at least cares enough to like stick up for him. And like, you know, he's, I don't know, there's some kind of like care and like love for SpongeBob within Squidward, even though it's not at, you know, at surface level to some extent. I always just found that so great to where it's like one of the few episodes where uh, does Squidward really just, um, as much as he doesn't like SpongeBob, he actually sticks up for him and tries to make him feel better and stuff like that. I love the, the great quote of, uh, that's not just a boulder. It's a rock. <laughs> I think a very underrated part of that episode, normally the rules of threes is like how comedy fits in. And uh, a great one-two joke at the very beginning is, and you can just, the joke is entirely on how they animated Squidward's expression, but angrily he says, 
but Mr. Krabs, we don't serve pizza. And without <laughs> saying anything, Mr. Krabs takes a plate of Krabby Patties, turns it into a pizza, and then puts it into a box. And then it cuts back to Squidward, and he says the next line with the same, like, delivery as the first one, but his face is sad. And he just says, we don't deliver. <laughs> he like knows that that saying this isn't going to change anything because he magically made a pizza. Like he's like, I'm I just got to say it anyway, I guess. It's like when I asked Nate what time his flight was this week. Got to be at the airport at 5 a.m. on Friday. Josh is like, you want to go see a movie when Sakula gets off work at like 10 or 11? <laughs> no, no, I don't. We wanted to make you. We wanted to make you see Lightyear so you, we could disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> really, we're seeing Light. Uh, whatever. We'll talk later. Sakula, what's your second favorite episode of SpongeBob? My second one's another one we already mentioned. I think that I might be the only one with the one I have in first, though. So I'm I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, but we'll get there when we get there. My number two is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3. I think that uh, similar to the training video, it's just got such a high turnover on jokes. Like it, they just keep coming. L like you said earlier, the, the, the delivery of uh, Man Ray is just, it's so good because it harkens back to like, like 60s superhero villains, like with their corny voices, but then like playing off of like Patrick's like quite literal, like it's almost like, um, I don't even know how to describe it's, it, it. You know, Patrick, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but like, take your 60s super villain, like Legion of Doom villain. Up against Patrick. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. It appears you've dropped your wallet. <laughs> this is you. This is your ID, correct? Mm-hmm. So th th by that logic, this is your wallet. That seems to, to me. <laughs> it's not my wallet. <laughs> you butterfingered pink thing. <laughs> the last time you were on, Nick, you were you put us all on to I think you should leave. Oh yeah. Uh, and that show is so funny. I've watched it all the way through. A second season has come out since then. Uh, it's it's incredible. And I think there's the the reason why that show works for me is it's all very absurdist humor, but is all grounded in a relatable situation. And to me, it feels very close in sense of humor as Spongebob where you can take a scene out of context and it applies to something else very scarily accurate <laughs> yeah and when I think of that back and forth between uh, uh, Man Ray and Patrick, I always think of the hot dog and the hot dog uh, car uh, sketch. That is, I was just thinking the same thing. So funny. You want to know what bothers me the most? <laughs> I've been here all day and none of you have even asked my name. The, I think the thing that's so great about I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, it's on Netflix, go watch it. The best thing about that show, every single sketch is about someone immediately being called out that they're in the wrong, and instead of admitting it and being sorry, they're digging their heels into them being right, because they're they're too embarrassed. And I think that's why, why it's called that, I Think You Should Leave, because they should have just said, like, you're right, my bad and end of the show. Everything in that show is relatable to an extent because all of us have felt that way where we are called out for doing something wrong or being incorrect and the just the gut reaction to go, "No, no, it actually is this. It it it's actually this way." Like the the sketch where he goes up to give a speech and he goes, before I give the speech, I just want to say, I don't think the dog that bit me should be put down. I just, he's like, I just want to get that out of the way. And he starts to go on to the speech and they go, my dog didn't bite you. He was humping your head. 
And they're like, no, no, he definitely tried to bite me. <laughs> and then someone has a video of him like falling off the stage and then the dog humping his head. And he's like, are you trying to tell me that your dog has blue balls now? If he was trying to hump my head, he didn't finish. So he must have been biting it. <laughs> Just doing everything you can, even though there's physical video proof that you were in the wrong. Caught in 4K, as it were. A great show. Check it out if you haven't. Speaking of great shows, Alden, what is your favorite episode of one of, if not your favorite television shows? Uh, well, it might be my favorite, but... My favorite episode of Spongebob is Bubble Stand. Yes, very good. Good one. Good one. I don't know how many times I've seen the episode, but I realized one day, just I was watching Spongebob, I don't know, and Spongebob blows the bubble of the elephant that goes into Squidward's house, and Patrick's just giggling, laughing the whole time, and I'm just sitting there like enjoying myself, and he's like, it's a giraffe, and I lose it. I absolutely lose it. I couldn't stop laughing for probably 10 minutes. Like the episode ended. I just, it caught me off guard. I don't know. It was probably the 20th time I've seen the episode too. And it happens every single time. It's a very good episode. It's so good. And it introduces us to one of the greatest cartoon screams of all time, Squidward Tentacles. When he is struggling to blow the bubble and he's just going, ah! He just screams into it. <laughs> I can't describe how important it is for a cartoon character to have a good scream. And Squidward's is quite possibly the funniest I can think of. Aside from maybe like Tom the Cat from Tom and Jerry. That was the one that came to mind for me. But yeah, Squidward's is up there. The, the best thing about Tom's scream is that it's just a grown man from the back of the room going, Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> But Roger Bumpus is a is a beast for having a Squidward scream as guttural as he does. I, I don't know. I remember I was probably 11. I have no idea. Me and a friend had the whole like preparation for blowing a bubble down, memorized. And we had not watched that episode recently at all. I don't know how both of us knew the exact order that everything went in, but... Hey, you first go like this, spin around, stop. Double take three times, one, two, three, then pelvic thrust, stop on your right foot, don't forget it, then bring it around town. Don't you forget it! That's a great episode. Nicholas Rorman, has your favorite episode been mentioned yet? It has. It has. My favorite episode is Dying for Pie. I am interested to hear this one for why this one's your favorite, because you've been talking about this one. Dying for Pie, I think there's many reasons why it's my favorite. The number one reason is I think it has the funniest background character dialogue in the history of SpongeBob. And it is when they are buy when they're buying the pies and Squ Squidward walks up to them and goes, "How much for these homemade pies?" And the guy goes, "Oh, these pies aren't homemade. They were made in a factory, a bomb factory. They're bombs." <laughs> Such an absurd punchline. <laughs> the setup, you know that the writers were like, "How are we going to get to we need to feed him a bomb. How do we get there? <laughs> and it's just three lines. These pies aren't homemade. They were made in a factory, a bomb factory. They're bomb. He says it so, like, matter-of-factly. Like, when Squidward wants to buy the pies. Like, of course they're bombs. Yeah, Squidward's like, oh, that's too bad. I wanted to buy some pies. And he holds out the cash. The captain walks to the front of the ship and screams. 
And he goes, we were just kidding about all that bomb stuff. <laughs> I just, I like that when Squidward says homemade, the guy goes, oh, these guys, like, oh, they're not homemade. Like, oh, I, you, you were wrong. Let me correct you for a second. When um, Mr. Krabs goes, like, he, he says, like, I've seen this happen before. And Squidward says, you've seen it before? And he goes, yes, 11 times as a matter of fact. And then Squidward runs to call the hospital. And you just hear, hello, hospital. Won't do any good. 11 times. <laughs> <laughs> you, my favorite quote is the one you mentioned earlier. Where it's like, he knit you a sweater of tears. The boy, the boy cried you a sweater of tears and you killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I want that in my obituary, Josh. Keep, keep that, uh, write that down. Some of the funniest stuff in the entire show is in that episode for me. Um, and it's, it is one that if I'm going to pick an episode to watch, it will be that one. In fact, I did that like last month. I was like, I need to watch a SpongeBob episode. And I went straight for Dying for Pie. As a bonus, Dying for Pie is packaged with Shanghai. Oh, shit. Oh, that's a good duo. That's why I actually messaged Nate before the episode. And I was like, are we doing 30 minute packages or are we doing individual 11 minute episodes? Because my answer still would not have changed for Dying for Pi being at the top because Shanghai, that double feature is so strong. All right, Kubis, I know you had one that no one else had on their list at number two. Or do you have a safe one at number one? I don't know if it's safe. My number one I'm with stupid, Josh. What the hell? <laughs> I swear if it is. <laughs> Josh is like, I like when SpongeBob's autistic. Sorry. By number one is SB129. Hey, there we go. To me, this is the best SpongeBob episode uh, when it just comes to uh, quality, uh, visuals, uh, writing. It's all there. People still theorize about this episode to this day. Us. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> I, I, I love it. It is a such a weird and iconic piece of television history. It's, it's almost just as much as a uh, Twilight Zone as the uh, the Sandy's Rocket episode. <laughs> I was about to say, can you tell my favorite TV show is the Twilight Zone? The new Jordan Peele one. So, like I was going to say, like for Twilight Zone, you should you should have put like Spongehenge on there to like add to like the. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great pick. It's one of my favorites. Nicholas Alexander, what is the best episode of SpongeBob according to you? For those that are in the gold mine, they will probably know my favorite episode of all time for SpongeBob is Band Geeks. One, uh, first of all, I don't know anybody else, if anybody else in here is in the marching band or band, like the chaoticness of rehearsing is not uh, not that extreme, but kind of, you know, it can be at that level sometimes. It's just, an, you know, enjoyable to watch the struggle with, like, other people. And just... Did you uh, play the mayonnaise? No, I did not. And uh, in marching band, I was, uh, what was it? Um, I was the front ensemble. Uh, first two years, I was on synthesizer. And then the last two years, I was uh, vibraphone and marimba. That's a weird step down. <laughs> Nick, I didn't have I didn't have my webcam on, but we both looked at each other with that song reference. You know, to get someone into like SpongeBob would be like kind of like the good one to end on where it has everybody there. It's a good climax like one to end on when watching and then two, for me what I love about this episode is um is that it's a Squidward episode in the fact that like it's it's literally just a uh, you know, squ you know, he's trying to, you know, show the Squilliam that it's in a sense it's kind of similar to the uh 
the other Squilliam fans. It's an episode where he has to make uh, the Krusty Krab into a five-star restaurant, but it's like, I feel like a better one. He's having to rehearse this thing. And also, he's very passionate about music, so it very much makes sense for him to do this thing. He really wants it to be good, and it's just not working for him. But then everybody, when they realize they disappointed Squidward and what he was trying to do, even though, yes, it does have that funny line what Nick said earlier, Squidward has always come to us when it's convenient for him, even though like it does have that kind of line-ish. And, like, uh, but it's just the fact of everybody comes together to rehearse and like try to make what they even though they may not they're not the best of music they try to do the best that they can for squidward my memory of spongebob and to me what makes it special to me is what is the fact that it's one of the very few episodes where squidward i feel like is actually genuinely happy the final frame of the episode it's a freeze frame where it's in the middle of the chorus and you know squidward literally jumps up and has like the biggest smile on his face like that episode to me i feel like has like the perfect amount of like both like heart and humor and just like great like you know just characters and stuff like that amazing ama- like you know a lot of uh great um amazing uh uh memorable lines just you know the owner of the white sedan who left your lights on even to the fact that even though it's kind of ruined at the super bowl it was almost able to be a bigger like um impact in a weird way in pop culture if it did play at the super bowl it would be like just as like iconic as when like watching it it's got very breakneck pacing too it's very fast paced like a lot happens in 11 minutes in that episode and we were talking earlier about how some of the best episodes like extend time uh, i think you mentioned that earlier sakula like if you're turning on spongebob time slows down sometimes and i think that band geeks is a fantastic version of that because there's so many you're like oh yeah that joke's coming up and then it happens and you're like wait there's still so many more things that i remember in this episode exactly a few times you're like hell yeah squidward you're like fuck yeah like you feel good for him. It's like it's finally something good happened to him for once. I think that Squidward is the best character in the show. Yeah, I, I agree. He's the character for the audience to relate to, at least the older audience. And I think that if we didn't if we didn't love Squidward when we were kids, we do now. Nick Nick, you never stopped being Patrick. Well that's why he loved SpongeBob. I or if anything, I was like Patrick when like uh the episode where like he like gets smart. Like he was first friends with SpongeBob and then like he gets a brain. It's just like, yeah, no, what was I doing? I gotta hang out with Squiddy. I, I also think it's interesting that of the current four number one episodes Three of them are very distinctly Squidward episodes, and one of them is about halfway a Squidward episode. Yeah. I have a fun fact about Band Geek. Four days before (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. I think we covered that one. It does involve the air date in Kenya. It released July 19th last year for the first time in Kenya. Bruh. You don't let's not kid ourselves. Every single person in Kenya already watched the video on YouTube before they saw the episode. I don't know if every single person in Kenya has access to YouTube. 20 years late. A lot more do than you'd think. I'm ha- I, I'm happy they finally got it, dude. They fi- they finally got sweet victory. Go Kenya. You're telling me you're telling me the people in Wak Hollywood, the people who made Who Killed Captain Alex have not seen Sweet Victory. They have now. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going, "Stop it. We're done making action movies." Sakula Drum roll, the final nomination. What is your number one? So uh, Nick already touched on it. We're going from a on a from a really high note, really positive, uh, to my personal favorite, which I'm surprised wasn't on Josh's list. As Nick said, uh, sp- uh, we're doing Spongehenge. Nice, nice. It's so grim. It's so fucked up and dark. 
It is it is the most out of character SpongeBob episode of all time. The ending always fucks me up. <laughs> like there's it, there's hardly a joke in the entire episode. It is about SpongeBob getting getting uh, abused by jellyfish and the wind, getting trapped in a cave and then spending his entire life carving giant stone statues of himself so that way the holes in the statues will cause the jellyfish to fawn to them instead of SpongeBob so he can go back to his regular life. But then when he goes back, a la Planet of the Apes, everything has been covered in sand. His society has, has been ruined. He's the only one left alive. And then flash forward thousands of years even further, and aliens are now exploring Spongehenge, and they're like, who created these crazy statues? Like, what's going on here? It is so incredibly grim. It is the most... It's the most Twilight Zone episode of SpongeBob that exists. It always made me mad though, because like even though like I understand it was like always like a weird like far out there kind of episode, like what part of me always wanted like a sequel episode just to know like what SpongeBob did after that, <laughs> just to like is like yo he's now like the only man left. What is he gonna do? Because like that's the thing that always made me mad is like what's he gonna do now? Because like <laughs> he's just alone. Is it is it timeline wise technically the series finale? <laughs> I mean, it could be. It could be the season finale, or it could be an alternate timeline. The only thing that is, like, constant in its continuity is the lack of a driver's license. Yeah. And the episode that he gets one, it is immediately revoked. It literally is. <laughs> so it could be the finale. I, I just want to know what the episode, what, the, like, the writers were thinking. Like, were they having just, like, a really fucking bad week? Someone got stung by a bee. <laughs> I just appreciate that your number four is the episode, the other episode in this block. That's what I was going to say. Two faces of Squidward and Spongehenge were packaged together. And it's like season five, right? Well, those two are clearly the best of season five. I'm surprised they packaged them together like that. But hey, Sakula, look at you. Two season fives, both episode 19. You got them, got them up there. Pretty sick. Really gave us a twist with this list, Sakula, but you kind of sold me on Sponge Hidge potentially making the group list. And that is a segue, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we still have to build the group list. I don't even know how to do this. So on ones that we have more than one person putting it at a list, I think that's fair. Just automatically. The only one I'd say maybe we have a debate on is SB129 because... Josh has it as his number one. I could see it maybe moving up to like eight or seven. I think that's fair. Five. Only three people mentioned it, and two people put it at their number 10, and one person put it at their number one. Um, let's hear from the two people that didn't have SB129. Why didn't it make your cut, uh, Alden and Nick? I don't know. It's weird, because like when I was younger, I used to like it a lot. And then just like, I don't know, the older I got, maybe it's because I watched it so much. But like, I don't know, like it's just like over time, it, it's like a good episode, but it's not like one that's like for me. So it's, I think it is a good, I think it's a solid top 20 within the top 20. But why didn't it make your top 10? He hates me. Yes. I hate Josh. And also I had most of my picks from season one and I, there were just too many episodes in other seasons, even a few after season five that I wanted to have on my list. This one doesn't stick with me nearly as much as almost every other part of season one. I guess the most anxiety-inducing episode that I have with SpongeBob, so it's not one that I go to to watch whenever. Yeah, that's. I think that's a big reason why it's my number one. Like, it, 
gives me like a <laughs> it, it, it gives me like an anxiety filled physical like like an emotion i guess like when squidward when it's that white screen and squidward is like alone and the words are popping up and it's like you you get so anxious because it's like uh how does he gonna get out of this does he get out of it and then he just jumps on and falls through the floor <laughs> it was such like a sigh of relief every time he jumps through the floor like no matter when i rewatch it nick has been like fixing all my typos <laughs> and, and like following my color chart for the entire two hours so far uh, nicholas Worman cares a lot about making sure this list is good um, <laughs> yes and which is why i'm handing off the responsibility of him to place uh sb 129 does it go at six does it go at four what do you think oh man um this this would be my question for alden and nick alexander did the discussion about sb 129 affect your opinion on the episode did it get higher in your even if not in the top 10 but did it get higher in your personal rankings after we talked about it for me it did not budge. Alden with the Jory take. I like for me, like I don't know, like maybe like a little bit, but not as much. Like I always saw it as like maybe like a lower leveled one. Just go watch Halloween again, Nick. I am going to put it at number seven. I'm putting it at number seven because the only episode listed at number seven that someone else already had on the list was Band Geeks, and we all know that Band Geeks is not going to be at number seven. My number one, my number one and number ten are so staggering to the rest of the panel. So no love for Valentine's Day, guys. Not not even an unofficial number eleven. One of my favorites that didn't get mentioned at all uh, was Squilliam Returns, where he uh, tries to turn the Krusty Krab into a five-star restaurant to impress Squilliam. That, that almost made my list. Can I take your hat, sir? SpongeBob dumping his memories. I'm actually shocked, like, Sailor Mouth isn't even, like, a number 10 for anybody. I'm also really, really surprised that Home Sweet Pineapple was not uh, thrown up on the list. That was in my top five. I was surprised no one put Texas on there. Yeah, for me, I picked the best of season one, and then I didn't allow anything else. Well, thanks for ruining the list, Alden. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have had Johnny Depp. Gross. I think that's something we need to look at. So Nate and I were doing some math at the bottom, and we calculated like how many episodes have more than one vote. Does Graveyard Shift really only have two votes? I thought it had more. That's shocking. Oh, one of them is going to have to get booted. If we only go with the ones that have already been voted, we're going to have to kick one off. It's like total drama island. I think we should talk about band geeks. The only person who didn't have band geeks was me, but it's my number 11. Because we like to go one step further. <laughs> it's all there. Like, all of us agree how, how good it is. I guess the only really, really discussion that could be had is for the, for the number one spot, I think is between band geeks and training video. Because training video has someone has that at their number two and their number three. It's not on my list at all. Mine either. I mean, I agree with everything said about it, but it did not make my list. But to be honest, like Nick with Band Geeks, it's probably like my number 11. I feel like, I, I wonder if we should move the number two and the number three. Because I know that like we put it over there because people had the same. I think we can move the number three. So pizza delivery down to number three and camping episode to four. I think that that's fair. And then putting Band Geeks at number one and Training Video at number two. I'm okay with that. Pizza Delivery, I was fine at two, but I'm like, Camping Episode, top three? Yeah, because Camping Episode only has, like, two people put it on their list, but we put it at the same place. And with Train, like, Band Geeks has a number one, a number three, 
and then a 10 and a 7. It averages out really high. Yeah, and then training video has a 2 and a 3, and then a 10. So I think having that at 1 and 2, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I think that's a good spot. We scienced the shit out of this. Good job, Nick. <laughs> so now SB129 has been listed. So I guess what we should do is look at Dying for Pi. Because that is the only other number one that someone else already had on their list as well. As I say, yeah, you and Alden, I think, had Dying for Pi, didn't you? I kind of want it where Patty Hype is. That's what I was thinking. I just think it should be at number five. Because that's where I put it. Because Patty Hype is on there twice at number five, Dying for Pi is at number five and at number one. The one I'm starting to get worried about, what about Graveyard Shift? How, how many people have Graveyard Shift? Only two. I think Graveyard Shift, it's, it would be so weird if it's not on this list. It's at three and four. So I think that it should go at, at number eight. Or it should go above SB-129 and we move SB-129. I think those are the two. I think Shane, Shanghai should go above SB-129. What would you guys rather watch? Like, it's just like, would you, I guess we could do it. Like, what would you rather watch SB-129 or Graveyard Shift? Both give me anxiety. I think that Graveyard Shift is the popular choice for most people. I personally would rather do... SB-129. I think SB-129 is a lot more bold in what it's trying to do. Uh, Graveyard Shift is one of the most well-written episodes. It's iconic. Nate, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, my thoughts are, I think that SB-129 is a very, very bold and weird episode for season one of a show like this that is essentially creating a new formula for children's programming and to do something so kind of I don't know what you'd call it, maybe like esoteric or like just like like kind of bleak. Like uh, I, I forgot all about Spongehenge until Sekula placed that shit at number one. And I forgot about that episode entirely. I blocked it out of my head. I remember seeing that episode and feeling some sort of existentialism that I never felt uh, as a kid. The one time I, I caught that one on TV at my babysitter's house. So I, I think in that same capacity, like, yeah, I, I think SB 129 is it's aiming higher and achieves more than graveyard shift graveyard shift is just a fantastic episode in the same way that like the camping episode is a fantastic episode i just think training video is better the last three ones that had two votes were shanghai uh mermaid man and barnacle boy three and chocolate with nuts but i would like to point out sponge henge was sakula's number one it, it's only one vote but it's a number one vote but so is Bubble Stand. Yeah, and we've got three that have been voted on twice. If I had to pick between those two, I would pick Bubble Stand because I, I, I can't stand SpongeBob. It's just the ending. I would sooner fight for Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy three than SpongeBob. I, I would as well because Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy three is a number two choice. That also has a second vote. It would be weird to not have Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy somewhere on the. On the list, I think you need. Yeah, I think you need to have it at least somewhere on the list, just for like, because I feel like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, like, it's I don't know, it's just as I don't know, it's it's so big and part of SpongeBob, and like anybody like who knows the show like loves those episodes. I I can accept that SpongeHenge isn't going to be accepted globally. I just needed to say my piece. But Mer Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy three is a classic. It's given us memes that have stood the test of time. And I will say that Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy three was at spot two and six. Chocolate with Nuts was at spot five and eight, and Shanghai was at spot six and nine. 
Hey Nick, where do you put your uh, where do you put um Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy five and six? I think it's like was it a five is the I believe five is the Justice of Doom or whatever it is, and then the six is the movie one. I think where do you have those at? I just want to know. Six is lower for me, um, just because I feel like it was one of the last great uh, episodes with Ernest Borgnine in it before he passed. It I like the the concept of it a lot but it's not super memorable for me whereas the justice league of super acquaintances is huge and it's it is in my top 15 i think it's my number 14 the international justice league of super acquaintances that's like how the dceu feels (laughs) (laughs) but i think if i had to pick between shanghai and chocolate with nuts as much as i love chocolate with nuts I think I'm gonna have to choose Shanghai just for having the Flying Dutchman, and also like you can, I don't know, you have like the whole Squidward falling for half an hour. You can make the memes comparing the MCU with Doctor Strange and shit, and then just the whole I forgot about the perfume part where they literally have to skate through the perfume store. I remember as a kid that was the most relatable shit ever because I remember like going to Macy's with my mom and she would go like pick out her perfume and I remember walking through where you've got all the booths and shit everywhere and just being like (coughs) 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 just unable to breathe and then I saw that episode of Spongebob I'm like oh my god I'm not alone. My favorite part of that is when Patrick wears like the gas mask and you just see a hand reach in grab the mask and then just spray Patrick like point blank in the face. Something that's really interesting here, I think, the the average rating between the two people for Shanghai is seven and a half, and the average rating for Chocolate with Nuts is six and a half. But the two people who put both of those on their list are Alden and Nicholas Alexander. Oh, damn. Alden, we have power, dog. <laughs> Alden had Shanghai at six and Chocolate with Nuts at eight, and then Nick Alexander had Chocolate with Nuts at five and Shanghai at nine. So... We know which one they prefer. I think that we should see me, Josh, and Sakula, which one of those two we would put above the other one, and then majority win. Nicholas Alexander and I were talking about both these episodes prior to recording. We had no idea where either of us placed it, but we talked about the episode specifically. It all comes down to this. Nate, put in some tense music. I feel like the DJ Khaled of like Duel of the Takes today. We're like, I'm not really doing anything or saying anything and just like coming in and being like another one. <laughs> we we the best podcast. I feel like the DJ DJ Khaled of Duel of the Takes because I won't perform oral. <laughs> <laughs> I feel lost on a jet ski right now. <laughs> so I prefer Shanghai over Chocolate with Nuts. I prefer Chocolate with Nuts. Way more quotable, way more iconic to me. Sakula's also on Shanghai, I believe. But no, no, but I think Josh is right. I, just to me, I think I think Chocolate with Nuts is a little bit more memorable. Like, no, not memorable, but uh, quotable. Because I, I think it has like all these like co- co- like you know humorous little moments and stuff. But I feel like for like just like the wacky, far out kind of like SpongeBob humor and stuff. Like I feel like Shanghai would have to go there. Also, just like I feel like you can't have. I don't know. You gotta have the Flying Dutchman in there somewhere. To me, we already have like Mermaid and Barnacle Boy. Wait, Nick, are you going back on your own rank? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. We were already three to two on Shanghai. Nicholas Alexander saying, you know what? My list is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to be the devil's advocate, 
I think that with that logic of making like a quintessential list for people to watch, I think that's a good argument for chocolate with nut because of how quotable and memeable it is. I'd like to buy your chocolate. But then we leave Shang, then we leave uh, the Flying Dutchman out of our entire list. Right. Well, I still think Shanghai should go here. But I do think that's an interesting discussion that if we were making a, a list of not the top 10 best episodes, but the best episodes to show somebody, then that might end up with a different top 10. SB129 would not make the list. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm actually with Josh on this one. I know <clears throat> my vote doesn't count, but uh, I do like uh, Chocolate with Nuts more than Shanghai. Shanghai's a great episode, um, but I feel like that's one for the, the SpongeBob fans. Chocolate with Nuts is one of those episodes you can show to anyone and they'll have a laugh like Pizza Delivery. Not quite as high as Pizza Delivery in terms of the humor and the, the pacing, but it's it's great. You know what I just remembered with all this talk of the Flying Dutchman? Davy Jones is just straight up a dude in front of a camera. Where uh, Mr. Krabs gets to Davy Jones's locker. Yeah, I think that's where he first shows up. It's just some guy talking into a camera. It just cuts to him. Nobody had the episodes with like the the three friends with the penny and the gorilla. Oh, I was going to put it on my list, but then uh, that was the I had an accident episode. I'm not in the gorilla suit. Davy Jones, in the episode, Davy Jones is played by... Davy Jones, the lead singer of the Monkees. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. I love that. That is crazy. So, is it Shanghai that's making number 10? With Nate pitching in, we got three versus three. But, Nick Alexander really argued for Shanghai, so I think that that's what tips the scale. Nice. Well, we've built the list. Shall I read it? What's the DeviantArt scores, Nate? Christmas Who was almost on my list. Oh, me too. It was almost on mine. I wasn't going to put it there because we already did the holiday episodes. True. The definitive top 10 episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, according to the Duel of the Takes panel. Number 10, Shanghai. Number 9, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3. Number 8, Graveyard Shift. Number 7, SB129. Number 6, Patty Hype. Number five, Dying for Pie. Number four, The Camping Episode. Number three, Pizza Delivery. Number two, Training Video. And number one, the definitive episode of SpongeBob, according to these group of idiots, is Band Geeks. I think that's a, that's a real nice, that's a real nice list. I, I like this list a lot, actually. This list turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to, and I think a big part of that is by me not being on it. I was going to say it's because Jory's not here. We make a lot of lists, and oftentimes by the end of it, I look back and I'm like, God damn it. How the fuck did this happen? But, you know, this one I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of. Finally, I got my pick that I wanted at number one to be number one for me. Finally, sweet victory. Yes. This has taken Nick like two years. <laughs> I finally completed my Duel of the Takes arc at, at, at like getting my, my, my pick at number one. <laughs> but Halloween will always not be number one on both Halloween ranking and John Carpenter. How does it feel, Nick? I'll always have band geeks. <laughs> well, thank you, Nick, for having your redemption. And thank you, Nicholas Rorman, for uh, carrying this episode on your back with your SpongeBob memory and knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I, I want to thank uh, uh, you guys for uh, me winning the box office bombs draft battle that never got posted. You know, Nick, after I defeat pilots, uh, you could try to get that title back. I would love to. 
I would love to. I I've defeated four people, five people. I defeated Nathan McHale in one night. Well, those of you listening along at home, be sure to check out So Far So Good. By the time I uh, get my shit together and uh, put together this edit, the first episode of So Far So Good Season 2 will be out, and I promise you it's full of laughs. Also, check out uh, Nicholas Worman trying all the Mountain Dew flavors on the Quest for Dew series on the same channel. Fantastic content being put out there. And uh, Nicholas Alexander, just check out the Scary Box YouTube channel. There's a lot of great short films there. None of them have enough views yet, so you know crank up those numbers people come on we're still at rookie numbers gotta pump those numbers up let's just give a round of applause for Eamon yeah Eamon plays a gross animated Winnie the Pooh in our first episode so you won't want to miss it (laughs) (laughs) all right well take care sleep tight everybody good night Alden